0: I'm Pastor Daniel Morris, and you're listening to Sharing the Bread of Life, a podcast by St. Timothy's Lutheran Church in Skokie, Illinois. Whether you're a first-time listener or a regular subscriber, I pray that Christ feeds you from the stories and testimony you'll hear today. We do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. May the Lord fill you with every good thing, and may you have enough left over to
1: share. A reading from 1st Kings. Rehoboam went to Shechem, for all Israel had come to Shechem to make him king. When Jeroboam, son of Nebat, heard of it, for he was still in Egypt where he had fled from King Solomon, then Jeroboam returned from Egypt. And they sent and called him, and Jeroboam and all the assembly of Israel came and said to Rehoboam, Your father made our yoke heavy, now, therefore, lighten the hard service of your father in his heavy yoke that he placed on us, and we will serve you. He said to them, Go away for three days, then come again to me. So the people went away. Then King Rehoboam took counsel with the older men who had attended his father Solomon while he was still alive, saying, How do you advise me to answer this people? They answered him, if you will be a servant to this people today and serve them and speak good words to them when you answer them, then they will be your servants forever. But he disregarded the advice of the older man, that the older man gave him and consulted with the young men who had grown up with him and now attended him. He said to them, What do you advise that we answer this people who have said to me, Lighten the yoke that your father put on us. The young men who had grown up with him said to him, Thus you should say to this people who spoke to you, Your father made our yoke heavy, but you must lighten it for us. Thus you should say to them, My little finger is thicker than my father's loins. Now whereas my father laid on you a heavy yoke, I will add to your yoke. My father disciplined you with whips, but I will discipline, discipline you with scorpions. So Jeroboam and all the people came to Rehoboam the third day, as the king had said, Come to me again the third day. The king answered the people harshly. He disregarded the advice of the older men had given him and spoke to them according to the advice of the young men. My father made your yoke heavy, but I will add to your yoke. My father disciplined you with whips, but I will discipline you with scorpions. So the king did not listen to the people, because it was a turn of affairs brought about by the Lord that he might fulfill his word, which the Lord had spoken by Ah Ahijah, the Shilonite, to Jeroboam, son of Nebat. When all Israel saw that the king would not listen to them, the people answered the king. What share do we have in David? We have no inheritance in the son of Jesse. To your tents, O Israel, Look now to your own house, O David. So Israel went away to their tents, but Rehoboam reigned over the Israelites who were living in the towns of Judah. Then Jeroboam built Shechem in the hill country of Ephraim and resided there. He went out from there and built Penuel. Then Jeroboam said to himself, Now the kingdom may well revert to the house of David." If this people continues to go up to offer sacrifices in the house of the Lord at Jerusalem, the heart of this people will turn against their master, King Rehoboam of Judah. They will kill me and return to the, and return to King Rehoboam of Judah. So the king took counsel and made two calves of gold. He said to the people, "You have gone up to Jerusalem long enough. Here are your gods, O Israel, who brought you up out of the land of Egypt? He set one in Bethel, and he put the other in Dan. We do not live by by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the
0: mouth of God. Japanese Emperor Naruhito's family has ruled Japan since the days following the fall of Rome in the West. Last week, Emperor Naruhito proclaimed his enthronement to the world as he ascended his father's throne. 180 presidents, kings, and dignitaries from around the globe attended the ancient ceremony. The ascension of a new emperor has traditionally been accompanied by acts of mercy. Naruhito's grandfather pardoned over 10 million people when he ascended the throne. His father... Naruhito's father pardoned 2.5 million people when he ascended the throne. When Naruhito ascended the throne last week, 550,000 people convicted of misdemeanors were pardoned in celebration. Such acts of mercy set the tone for the emperor's reign. They make a statement about what kind of emperor narahito will be the rulers of ancient israel would have observed a similar custom as a new king ascended the throne when the people heard that david's grandson rehoboam had ascended the throne in jerusalem they came to him asking for mercy Two generations of kings had pressed them into service for one state-building project or another. Their taxes were heavy, and they were at the breaking point. They said, Lighten the hard service of your father and his heavy yoke that he placed on us, and we will serve you. Immature and inexperienced, Rehoboam consulted his father's advisors. They advised Rehoboam to set a kind and merciful tone for his reign. If you will be a servant to this people today and serve them, and speak good words to them when you answer them, they will be your servants forever. In other words, love the people, and they will love you back. Rehoboam was not pleased with their advice, and he consulted his childhood playmates who now served him. They counseled him to make this proclamation. My little finger is thicker than my father's loins. Now, whereas my father laid on you a heavy yoke, I will add to your yoke. My father disciplined you with whips, but I will discipline you with scorpions. Maybe they saw kindness as a sign of weakness. Or maybe they thought that domination was more macho than mercy. So Rehoboam told the people that he would squeeze them even harder than his grandfather David and his father Solomon had. Rehoboam's lack of mercy became an occasion for God's judgment. God tore 10 of Israel's 12 tribes away from Rehoboam and gave them to the rebel king, Jeroboam. Mercy is the only thing that can restore life. Yet we often regard mercy as a sign of weakness. Imagine how the citizens of Japan would respond if Emperor Naruhito took the advice of Rehoboam's young advisors. The emperor would say, my grandfather and my father were weak. I am twice the man that they were. Not only will all petty criminals be prosecuted to the full extent of the law, but I am making stricter laws with harsher punishments for those who break them. Some would undoubtedly celebrate such zero-tolerance policies. Crackdowns like this would take proven offenders off the streets. They might even make would-be criminals think twice before breaking the law. Then again, crackdowns like this might create more injustices than they prevent. Consider the reports about President Duterte's war on drugs in the Philippines. Duterte's government acknowledges that 6,600 people have died in the past three years as a result of his policies. However, human rights groups have reported the deaths of more than 23,000 people at the hands of citizens emboldened by his rhetoric. Or what about our own decades of immigration crackdowns which have resulted in the deportations of veterans, the separation of children from their parents at the border and which have contributed to a number of fatalities. It's easy to dismiss these difficult observations. These are criminals and lawbreakers that we're talking about drug dealers, fugitives, murderers, thieves, sex offenders, and among others, do they deserve mercy? Perhaps not. Then again, by God's judgment, neither do you or I. Mercy is not for those who do right. Mercy is for those who do wrong. Time and again, the kings of Israel wronged God. Yet time and again, God mixed judgment with mercy. Rehoboam's dad, Solomon, wronged God by leading God's people astray. He violated Israel's covenant with God many times, and he made his wife's gods available to the people. As a result, God decided to tear the kingdom from Solomon's dynasty. Rehoboam would bear the penalty for his father's sins. But God would not tear the whole kingdom away from him. The tribes of Judah and Benjamin would be left to Rehoboam for the sake of God's love for David. Even though Judah's kings would wrong God one generation after another, God would uphold them for David's sake and for the sake of Jerusalem, which God chose as a dwelling for God's name. God gave the other ten tribes of Israel to Jeroboam and promised to uphold Jeroboam's dynasty if he would be faithful Sadly, Jeroboam wronged God even quicker than Solomon had. It's clear from the beginning that Jeroboam did not trust God to faithfully uphold his throne. He made alternative worship sites with golden calves saying, Here are your gods, O Israel, who brought you out of the land of Egypt. He appointed priests who did not belong to the priestly tribe in violation of God's covenant with Israel. And he misled his people in their relationship with God. God had every right to end Jeroboam's line. God had every right to abandon the ten tribes of Israel to the fate they chose. Instead, God sent prophet after prophet to hold the kings accountable for their actions. God sent prophet after prophet to call the people back to faithful living. God showed favor to those who hadn't earned it and mercy to those who didn't deserve it. We often regard mercy as a sign of weakness. But mercy is the only thing that can take someone who is dead in sin and restore them to life. God's mercy to us in Jesus Christ opened the door for new life in this world. When we trusted ourselves more than we trusted God, God drew near to us, wearing our flesh. When we trusted in our own judgment more than we trusted in God, Jesus suffered death for us on a God-forsaken cross. When we trusted in our own resources more than we trusted in God, Jesus opened the way to everlasting life when we trusted in our own power more than we trusted in God. God placed all things in heaven and on earth and under the earth, under Jesus' feet. We've continually given ourselves over to powers other than God. Yet God, in mercy, has been faithful to us displacing all other would-be masters in our lives through the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And if we have received such mercy from God, I wonder how we can show any less mercy to those who wrong us. This is not to say that we shouldn't have laws or that there shouldn't be consequences for wrongdoing but maybe there's a way to live into justice with mercy. Maybe there's a way to uphold the law while also striving for healing and restoration. This is what God did through the ministry of the prophets. This is what God did on the cross of Christ. We are a world living under mercy. Let us live with the same prophetic grace that we have received. had Rehoboam lived with mercy, he would have continued to reign over a united Israel. Had he shown his subjects the same gentleness that God showed him, they would have been loyal to him all of his days. His dynasty would have lasted longer, even longer than that of Japanese Emperor Naruhito, for the sake of God's promise to David. The same went for Jeroboam. Tragically, one dynasty would fail within two centuries, and the other would fail within four. Still, God would not forsake the children of Israel. God would raise up prophet after prophet to hold Israel's leaders accountable and call the people back to faithful living. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Sharing the Bread of Life. For more information on the mission and ministries of St. Timothy's Lutheran Church, please visit our website at www.sttimothyskoki.org or like us on Facebook. Check back next week for a new episode. The Blessing of Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with you now and always.